If you want to transform your body, mind, and spirit, then you are right where you need to be. Welcome to the podcast, the official podcast of Pullman Fitness, hosted by your coach, Adam Pullman. Good morning, beautiful people. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. This is the show where all of your health, fitness, and nutrition questions are answered by me, your host and coach, Adam Pullman. In today's episode, we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into intermittent fasting. It is by far um, the most, one of the most, if not the most common question that I get when it comes to nutrition and fat loss. Uh, basically, does intermittent fasting work is the is the big question. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what exactly intermittent fasting is, how is it um, claimed to work, and does it actually work? Like, what does the research say? So we're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive into that. So the goal at the end of this episode is to have you uh, equipped to handle intermittent fasting conversations uh, if it comes up. You know, if you're with your family, you're sitting at the table, and so-and-so is like, hey, Jane Doe said intermittent fasting is the best thing ever, and it works all the time. I'm not saying that you need to be the person that goes, well, actually, um, but if someone asks you, at least you're going to be able to present um, uh, a way of articulating why intermittent fasting may not be what everybody uh, claims it is. All right, so that's what we're going to be diving into today. Aslan is doing a fantastic job in the backyard here, keeping watch on the back gate, barking intermittently. So speaking of intermittent fasting, um, so hopefully he doesn't bark too loud and doesn't come through the mic. But if he does, that is what's going on. Better than him sitting behind me snoring, because more often than not, people think that is farting. Uh, anywho, let's go ahead and uh, take a dive in. Actually, before we do that, although today's episode is topic-based, you know, I'm coming into the episode with a topic that is intermittent fasting. What I usually do here on this show is answer your questions. So um, on Instagram, if you don't follow me there, shame on you, uh, go to my story on Sundays and you'll see a question box there that says, ask me anything. That is your green light to submit as many health, fitness and nutrition questions as you would like. I'll answer them both there on the story on Instagram there and then here in the, the show as well. So if you have any questions at all, make sure you go to there, go, go there on Sundays. Um, and submit those questions. Future episodes down the road here, uh, this week and next, will be um, uh, question-based, so you'll be able to kind of get an idea of, of how that works. Anyway, let's go ahead and dive into intermittent fasting and see what it's all about. Before we dive uh, deeper into whether or not intermittent fasting works, um, what's going on behind the scenes, we first need to establish what intermittent fasting is, really. So, um, it's pretty self-explanatory based on you know how it's named. Intermittent fasting is simply fasting intermittently. Fasting obviously being abstaining from food. Uh, but you can really just call it skipping breakfast, honestly. If you ask anybody who does some sort of intermittent fasting, nine times out of 10, it's going to mean that they skip the first meal of the day. So they are prolonging the fast from the, the meal, the, the, the day or night before to the meal the following day. Now, this is why breakfast is called breakfast, because we are breaking the fast. So even if you are someone who doesn't skip breakfast, you are still breaking your fast because you have fasted from the previous meal to breakfast and you are now breaking it because you're eating food, right? So the only difference <clears throat> with someone who does intermittent fasting, I'm doing this in air quotes right now, 
It's just that they are prolonging the period of that fast. Okay, so you can have two different people, one who claims that they do intermittent fasting, one who doesn't. And let's say the person that claims they do intermittent fasting has their meal right before bed later in the night and then skips their first meal and then has lunch around, let's say, 11 or noon. There's a possibility that compared to a quote unquote regular person who has quote unquote normal meal times might have their last meal at 6 p.m. and then breakfast as soon as they wake up. And depending on the timing, the person who claims to do intermittent fasting could actually be fasting less than the person who just claims to have a normal eating schedule. So um, there really is no concrete definition of intermittent fasting or a certain period of time that qualifies as intermittent fasting. Basically what it is, is you're just skipping breakfast, prolonging that fast, and taking your first meal uh, around lunchtime or later on in the afternoon, okay? So quite literally, everybody is doing intermittent fasting in, in, in some regard. So the way I like to say it um, is that if you, you know, saying you do intermittent fasting is kind of like getting a voting sticker. Sorry for all you people who get the voting stickers. Uh, you know, if that's your thing, you do it. But it's like getting a voting sticker, right? We all voted, but you just want to have the sticker so you can tell everybody about it. Same with intermittent fasting. Everybody's like, hey, I do intermittent fasting. Congratulations. We all do. You just do it a little bit longer than the rest of us and you skip breakfast. Okay. So that's, that's what intermittent fasting really is. Now, the question is, how is it implemented? Okay. We, we usually have uh, fasting and eating quote unquote windows, right? So periods of time where an individual, <clears throat> excuse me, would be um, fasting and eating. So they would have their fasting window and eating window. The most common method or implementation with intermittent fasting is the 16-8 method, where they're fasting for 16 hours and their eating window is eight hours. So you might, you know, they might eat from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, and then fast the, the remaining uh, the re remainder of the time. Uh, so when they go to bed, when they're, or I guess from 8 p.m. to noon the next day. And then uh, another one is 20 and four. This one got popular because there was some stuff that came out that said that the benefits of fasting don't really start to kick in until about 20 hours or so. So then people said, oh, okay, let's do intermittent fasting for in a 20 and four window. So we fast for 20 hours and we eat in a four hour window. So that might be two to six, it could be noon to four. It really doesn't matter, it's just fasting for 20 hours and then eating in a four hour window. And that doesn't mean you're eating for the whole four hours, it just means that within that time period, that's your you know allowed uh, eating window where you can consume food, right? So for most people though, breakfast is skipped, like I said, and the first meal of the day just comes late morning or early afternoon. So what are the supposed benefits of intermittent fasting, okay? Supposedly, it's supposed to be better for fat loss. Supposedly, it's supposed to be better for body composition, which is having less body fat and more muscle. Um, it's supposed to be better for cell autophagy, which is uh, basically just really just taking damaged components of a cell and then recycling them. So renewing of cells, so to speak, it's a very rough definition. Um, improved insulin sensitivity, supposedly. Increased growth hormone. And then people have said, oh, okay, because growth hormone increases we're also going to have improved muscle building. So those are the supposed benefits of intermittent fasting. This is what got um, intermittent fasting really popular. But the, the thing that got it most popular was people's success with weight loss. A lot of people have lost weight doing intermittent fasting and they're all gung-ho about it. And that's how word spreads. Oh my gosh, Joe, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing intermittent fasting. Great, let me try it. If he lost 30 pounds, I'm probably gonna lose 30 pounds. But the real question here is what do we see in 
actual research, like when we are studying and experimenting, what are we seeing to be the case? So when we go ahead and take a look at uh, the research here, we see that there is really no difference between intermittent fasting and consistent energy deficit or calorie deficit, which is where you're consuming fewer calories than you are burning throughout the day, right? For fat loss or body composition, okay? Um, and if you want the, the PMID on there, that's 294-19624. Um, that'll take you to the, the, the study there. Um, that's just one of many. So basically when calories are controlled and when the energy deficit is the same, there is no difference between doing intermittent fasting and just eating normal regular meals when you're eating the same amount of calories each day. So when it comes to body composition and fat loss, the magic isn't in the fasting. The magic, well, quote unquote magic, is just that for some people, it can really create some boundaries that allow them to be more consistent with their energy intake, with their calorie deficit needs for the fat loss that they want to achieve, right? So say you're, you know, you're trying to have 1500 calories a day to lose body fat and you find it easier to stay within your calorie goal if you only eat from 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. than if you allowed yourself to eat throughout the whole entire day. That's fine, but it's not because you're fasting. The fasting in and of itself isn't increasing your rate of fat loss. It's simply because you're staying within a calorie deficit, right? We also see that fasting does improve cell autophagy, but again, no more than consistent energy restriction or energy deficit. Now, it's important when I say restriction, people have like a negative connotation with that word. Restriction just literally means like less of, right? So if we're restricting uh, income, that could be like you're making one less dollar. It's restricted. We're restricting food intake. It could be one less calorie. People often think, think oh, restriction. Therefore, you're in some sort of concentration camp and you're starving <laughs> when that's not at all the case. Just consistent energy restriction. So whether you're in a 20% deficit from intermittent fasting or a 20% deficit from just staying at your calorie needs and eating irregular meal times, there is really no improvement or difference in cell autophagy. The magic is in energy restriction. It is in fact, this is a hot take, but this is shown in research, it is healthy for us to be in energy restriction most of the time. It is not healthy for us to be in surplus most of the time at all, okay? It is healthy for us to be in energy restriction. Okay, and again, restriction could mean any amount less than your maintenance, <clears throat> which maintenance is kind of a little bit of a myth. Uh, but basically, to you know, make it a short explanation, there's no true maintenance because you're constantly in and out of uh, deficit and surplus, right? So if I were to have a cookie right now, I would be in significant energy surplus because the calories in the cookie that I'm consuming far outweigh the calories that I'm expending, basically just moving my jaw as I'm sitting here eating the cookie. Right. But right now, as I'm speaking, I'm in a significant energy deficit because I'm consuming zero calories and my body is burning calories to keep me alive, to keep my hands moving, to keep my voice going, to keep my jaw moving, to keep my brain functioning. So I'm in energy deficit right now. So you have periods of energy surplus and energy deficit all the time, right? Whether you're eating or not eating, that's what's going to dictate that. When you're in an energy deficit, you are having bigger windows of energy deficit than you are energy surplus. So when you average it all out, you're in deficit, right? And people will say maintenance, meaning if you balance out your deficit and your surplus periods, you're basically in a, in a maintenance. But there really, no is, there really is no true maintenance. You're just trying to keep those windows of deficit and surplus 
closer together um, to an assumed maintenance, if that makes sense. The next thing that we see is um, <clears throat> improved insulin sensitivity. Now, the findings do seem to be mixed here. Some studies say, yeah, intermittent fasting does have improved insulin, insulin sensitivity, like benefits. And some studies say, nah, not compared to um, just energy restriction. So they seem to be mixed a little bit. Um, but going in line with the previous two studies and the, the, the benefits that we talked about, it seems that it's more so the energy deficit, the energy restriction itself, than it is the fasting in and of itself, the fasting, right? We, um, we see too that intermittent fasting is, is not a good approach for building muscle. But yes, there is an increase in growth, growth hormone. But the thing is, growth hormone is not really anabolic. It's more so just like anti-starvation. It's like an anti-starvation response. So there might be more uh, growth hormone, but because of that, there's less uh, IGF-1, insulin-like growth factor 1, which actually aids muscle building more than growth hormone does. So yeah, growth hormone, like it could slightly prevent protein breakdown, but it does very little to increase muscle protein synthesis, which is going to contribute to muscle gain. Um, so that's a very, very common misunderstanding is that, oh, if our, our growth hormone increases hundreds of percent percentage points, that means our muscle building is going to increase as well. Not necessarily. That's not quite how that works because growth hormone isn't that it doesn't have that significant of an impact on, um, on tissue building, especially when it comes to muscle tissue. So in all the supposed benefits, we don't quite see that being the case in, uh, published research. Okay. But does that mean intermittent fasting is a complete waste of your time? Not necessarily. I think there are some situations in which intermittent fasting could actually make a lot of sense. So we don't want to look at intermittent fasting as a diet or a magic weight loss method. I mean, even if we did look at it as a diet, it's no different than any other diet. Every diet that helps you lose weight just puts you into energy restriction, energy deficit, calorie deficit. That's why they all work and they all lose weight. And when people say diets don't work, that's not true. They absolutely work. <laughs> look at all the people that do diets and lose a ton of weight. They're just talking about it doesn't work in terms of it doesn't help you sustain things. But it's not the diet itself. It's because people stop doing it. That's why it's not sustained. Anyway, that's a bit of a tangent. So um, although we don't see any miraculous benefit in the fasting itself when it comes to fat loss, and that's more so than just the consistent energy restriction, we want to look at look at intermittent fasting like a tool that could help us do the things that we want to do, Right. So this could be implemented, intermittent fasting could be implemented based on personal preference. So there are some situations where it may make more sense or less sense for you to implement this. So let's look at some indications or some reasons as to why you might want to consider um, intermittent fasting, right? So if you have a susceptibility, and this one I, I strongly disagree with, well, not strongly, I disagree with a little bit, even though um, it seems like in research people might do a little bit better, um, is... I don't know if I should say disagree with, but more so, I just don't think it's a good reason to do it, um, is a susceptibility to depressive eating, right? So if you're, you find yourself depressive eating like quite a bit, knowing that you have some sort of window can help you be like, okay, well, it's not my eating window, even though I'm feeling down, so I'm not going to eat. I think that there's a, a much deeper thing going on there that needs to be resolved. And I don't see how, frankly, a window of, of not eating is going to help with your depressive eating during the window in which you are eating, right? In fact, I think it might make it worse because you might save up uh, the expression of those emotions, which is you binge eating or depressive eating, and apply them to that shorter window. But that's a lot of speculation. Uh, the next one, and I think this one is actually a very strong case, and I think this can be properly implemented for sure, 
is having social meals and uh, and events, whatever it is, in the evenings. Like when you know you're gonna have a decent amount of calories later on in the day, it can be helpful to honestly implement some intermittent fasting and skip your first meal um, so you can have more calories later on in the day when you're gonna be in a situation where it's hard to keep calories low. However, there's a big caveat there. Um, it makes protein easier to fall short on. And when you're in energy deficit, when you're trying to improve your body composition, even if you're trying to build muscle, at no point can protein be compromised at all. Protein cannot be compromised. It ne We need to be hitting our protein goal on a consistent basis, period, the end. So I think it would make more sense to do some sort of protein sparing modified fast in the morning or in the beginning part of the day where your meals or snacks are pretty much nothing but um, protein and then maybe some fruits and veggies. So it's very, very low calorie and very high protein. That way you go into your social event in the evening and you know maybe you have, let's say 800 calories remaining, but only 20 grams of protein left. That's an ideal scenario because no matter what you choose, you're probably gonna hit your protein goal unless you just pick a salad. Um, and you're gonna have plenty of calories left, which is good because at the restaurant or wherever, they're likely cooking with butters and oils and very calorie dense ingredients. So that can be super helpful. Um, you can absolutely do the intermittent fasting route and just skip the first meal, but you have to make sure you're still hitting that protein goal. And when you shorten your eating window, it becomes much more difficult to reach that protein goal um, unless you're just slamming tons of protein in every single meal. Uh, one reason that you could also implement it is, you know, if you just have no natural hunger in the morning, we see this being more common um, with males than females, but that's not an absolute. That's just a general observation. So if you have no natural hunger in the morning, I mean, I can't relate to that. I'm hungry every single morning. Um, then you you might be more inclined to succeed with some sort of intermittent fasting protocol. But again, not because the fasting is helping you inherently, but because you're just staying in a consistent calorie deficit by using the intermittent fasting as a tool, right? So let's look at some contraindications now or some reasons that you may not want to uh, do intermittent fasting. So susceptibility to eat impulsively, uh, that's another one. You know, I think that this is, again, going with that last one from the indications. Um, yes, if you eat impulsively, knowing that you, you quote unquote can't eat because you're in your fasting window, that might help with that impulse. But you have to keep in mind like, is that impulse, like am I thinking about it all day and now it's bleeding into my eating window and now I'm binging during my eating window? That's something that you have to consider. But if it's usually just an impulse that passes, that might help you, you know, get past those impulses. But again, I think there's a bigger issue to address there. You know, if you're inclined to want to just eat impulsively, is there an emotion going on? How, wh why is your relationship with food that way? Why do you go to food first? You know, there's a lot of stuff to dig into there, um, which you can on your own with yourself or your therapist, but we're not going to dig into that on today's episode. Uh, the next is just being active in the morning. I would not implement intermittent fasting at all if you're, inter if you're active in the morning. We want to make sure, especially if you're someone who works out in the morning, you have protein, a little bit of protein and carbohydrate before you work out, 100%. We do not want to be training fasted, period, the end. It is not good when it comes to body composition and maintaining, if not building uh, muscle. Not good, okay? Um, some people are like, oh, I'll fast in the morning because then I'll burn more fat because I'm not burning the food that I'm consuming. It's not really how that works. Fasted, cardio, fasted exercise, again, doesn't have any inherent benefit compared to just staying in a consistent energy deficit. So um, if you are active in the mornings, you work out in the morning, I would not, I would not implement intermittent fasting. Um, I would have some carbohydrate and protein before you work out. 
And I have all my clients do this that work out in the morning. They know like, hey, we are not going to the gym. We're not doing any cardio. If they have cardio prescribed, we're not doing that fasting. Next one is just no natural hunger in the morning, right? So if you are just, food is, does not sound great. Um, you're never hungry in the morning and you can always just go without it. I mean, hey, go nuts, right? Go nuts, implement the intermittent fasting. Um, it might work well for you, okay? So those are some reasons um, that you uh, that you want to, um, or sorry, I meant to say natural hunger. You do have natural hunger in the morning. If you do have hunger in the morning, then uh, goodness gracious, I'm so confused right now. I messed it up last time. Okay, if you don't have hunger in the morning, obviously it might work well to implement intermittent fasting. But if you have hunger in the morning, um, then it might work better for you to uh, not implement intermittent fasting and just have breakfast there. Uh, it's not gonna be fun if you're hungry and you feel like, oh shoot, well I quote unquote can't eat and therefore I need, you know, I need to go without food. You might be more likely to go nuts when that eating window comes. And if you're someone who doesn't have any hunger in the morning and you kind of forcing yourself to down breakfast, that might not be an enjoyable experience. Uh, but if you don't have hunger in the morning and you think, okay, because I don't have hunger in the morning, I am going to uh, um, implement intermittent fasting, but I also train in the morning, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to change something there. Right, and I'm not saying you have to have this massive breakfast if you train in the morning, but just have a little bit of something, little bit of protein, little bit of carbohydrate, light enough to kind of like not feel it in your stomach at all before you go um, train. I mean, something as light as like a rice cake or a graham cracker, um, and then whatever you want to do for protein there could be a huge, huge benefit. So um, if you don't have uh, hunger in the morning, um, or if you have hunger in the morning, you might not want to implement the intermittent fasting. Man, why did I confuse myself so much there? Anyway, maybe it's because I'm just talking more than I normally do on the show. Anyway, so practical application here, right? So it's a strategy to try and control energy intake. It has no inherent benefit for fat loss, body composition, health, insulin sensitivity. It's all the magic, quote unquote magic there, is just from consistent energy restriction, no matter which way you want to skin the cat, so to speak. Um, you could implement intermittent fasting if you tend to have social events in the evenings, you, you're not hunger, hungry in the morning, um, and you're not active in the morning, Okay but you should probably not implement it if you are active in the morning and you do have natural hunger uh, in the morning. Might not be a great idea for you. So hopefully this was was helpful and it gave you some insight on uh, how intermittent fasting really works uh, and what's going on behind the scenes. So uh, if you found this helpful, awesome, go to Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. That would be a massive help. It's gonna help more people uh, like you find this episode, find this show, uh, and get the help that they need to improve their health and fitness. All right. Now, if you're someone who is listening to this and you're trying to lose body fat and you're not sure if you want to do intermittent fasting, you're not sure what you should do to lose the body fat. You're not even sure where to start, or maybe you, you know where to start and you've been doing it, but it hasn't been working. Go ahead and message me on Instagram with the words fat loss, and I will send you uh, a free fat loss guide to help you out. And we'll talk a little bit more about what could be going on and see what you need to adjust to make sure you can get to where you want to be. So again, thanks for being here, y'all. Uh, hope it was helpful and we'll see you in the next one. If you're still here, listen up. Here's the thing. You have access to all the health and fitness information in the world, yet you may still find yourself feeling absolutely fed up with the way that you look, feel, and move. That's because it's not an information issue but rather an implementation issue. 
What I do at Pullman Fitness is walk with you one-on-one -on -one through custom training and nutrition solutions so you can finally quit the guesswork, transform your body, and live life to the full. So if you're sick and tired of how you're looking, feeling, or moving, go ahead and message me on Instagram with the word call, that's C-A-L-L, -L, call, and we'll see how I can best help you. And hey, if you enjoy the show, share the love by leaving a five-star rating and review and introducing the podcast to your friends and family. As always, thank you for listening. And until next time, this is the podcast.